Welcome to the Knights Pub. Wanted to say thank you for joining us here on this nice, crisp uh, December, or actually December, January night. Um, I am your host, Elliot, and uh, broadcasting to you live from Shoutcast, www.shoutcast.com. Log into there and go to the search, and then search for the Knights Pub. And once you search for that, it'll take you to uh, a link to where you can play and actually listen 
uh, from their show or from their page. Or you could just stop on by our homepage here at www.thenightspub.net and uh, there's a little radio up at the top. Just select play and uh, you can listen live. I know there was some confusion. I uh, had uh, our very special guest who's coming on, Michelle, and also a few other uh, user, or, um, listeners uh, that are quite frequent to the show. Uh, shoot me an email and test or uh, a text and just kind of was wanting to know if we would I had already been broadcasting I, I want to apologize for that and I, it's probably something I should have put out on the uh, page is that usually a day or so before we do a any kind of live broadcast uh, either between myself or brother Stan or a uh, special guest that we're going to have on such as this evening what we do is uh, we, we rebroadcast and we uh, play our older shows just to make sure that our equipment is up and going and also to make sure that um, you know if if we do run into any kind of uh, uh, snafus or any kind of equipment problems we get those addressed immediately so we've actually been streaming the uh, radio server here for about three days just to make sure that everything's up and going but guys I just want to say thank you for stopping by uh, the Knights Pub we actually have a very exciting uh, a guest to come on this evening and uh, we can't wait to have her on uh, read her book and also um, you know the guys here at the pub have been talking about you know, the book and some of the videos and the interviews that she's been on. So um, kind of want to get some general housekeeping things out. If uh, you want to come on to the Knights Pub, please stop by our, our show schedule page. And at the top, you'll see right underneath the beautiful Potomatic uh, thing um, link there. And if you are a continuous visitor to the Knights Pub, you will see that uh, the, the website has been going through some updates, which is a really a really good thing because we've actually gotten together and had some time to get together and put our minds and kind of refresh the website a little bit. That way it's not the same old boring thing you guys are looking at. And um, stop on by. Uh, the show number is 636-487-4258. Unfortunately, this evening, since we're having our very special guest on Michelle, we will not be answering live phone calls. Uh, but however, during any live broadcast, uh, unless I say you know, somebody says like I, I did about answering live phone calls, um, you're more than welcome to call. It, again, it's the show number six three six four eight seven four two five eight. Unless we're broadcasting live, we usually don't monitor the uh, phone, so don't be afraid to call and leave us a message, a voicemail or something, or shoot us a text because we can actually receive text off that line, and just uh, you know. Let us know uh, some stories, some interesting stories, or something that uh, you know may have interest you, or maybe interesting to our um, you know our audience. Um, we we have a flyer up there in the show schedule that kind of gives you an idea of who we are and what we're about here at the Knights Pub. Pretty pretty laid back, open form uh, show, and just uh, you know get downloaded and take a, a peek, and you know just see what we're all about. Um, if you want to come on the show, please do not hesitate to. Send me an email at Elliot at the Knightspub.net, Stan at the Knightspub.net, or just to leave us an email in general, info at the Knightspub.net. Now, here in a few moments, I'm, we're going to take a break, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get Michelle on the line, and then that way we can bring her on and uh, get on with the show. Um, down here in the beautiful Cape Girardeau area, we got a little snow, so things kind of been a little hectic here trying to get into the studio and get on the air and also. Uh, the, the, the traffic was just kind of horrible getting uh, to here and, you know, getting everything set up. And then there was um, a little bit ago some kind of um, 
you know, technical difficulties, which, you know, I'll be honest with you, every time we bring on a guest, especially somebody like Michelle, who has dealt with something paranormal or something uh, demonic or dealing with that type of, um, you know, that type of uh, situation, we always here at the Knights Pub have some kind of issue. And I, I just wanted to say, you know, keep the prayers up for our, our show and also for our guests coming on uh, because this is important information um, that she's uh, willing to come on and share with our audience. And we are more than grateful to have her on. Also wanted to say a quick prayer out, um, a quick shout out to Brother Stan. Um, he had some prior engagements and uh, couldn't come on the show. So I uh, just wanted to say, you know, hey, brother man, thinking about you, love you, and, uh, you know, I'll talk to you real soon. To all other um, future guests and our past guests, praying for you and hope everything's going well. To our listeners, hey, thank you guys for, you know, tuning in and listening. Now, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we will have our very special guest, Michelle. So stand by and uh, enjoy the music.
All right, I wanted to say welcome back to the Knights Pub, www.thenightspub.net. Coming to you live from the Cape Girardeau area here in Missouri. Um, we are experiencing a little bit of snowfall, so it's made things a little bit hectic out here. And also uh, for our broadcasting, uh, we've had some technical difficulties, as I mentioned before, that we did get through. And fortunately, thank God that I was able to call Michelle and uh, get her on the air. Um, just wanted to say uh, for all you guys that are... Um, tuning in right now you can listen to the show live uh on the nightspub.net there's a little radio up top uh you just hit the play button and you'll be more than uh it'll bring you right into the stream or you could go to www.shoutcast.com on the search just type the night's pub no apostrophe just the night's pub and uh, it'll bring you to a link and it'll have a play button you play it'll bring you directly to the uh, uh also to the live stream now I just wanted to say that um, we're going to have the opportunity to speak with um, author Michelle Markham, who uh, is author of Rain No Evil, which is based on an experience, a true story uh, that she personally experienced with her, um, uh, her herself and also her family. And it's a true story of a liberation from evil spirits uh, that entered her home and, and attached to her after daring God to prove that he was real. Um, I've personally just finished reading the book. Also, um, a few of the guys in the studio have read the book and, um, we've watched videos and also listened to other interviews and her story is very powerful. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Michelle Markham. Hello, Michelle. Hi, it is snowing here in West Virginia too. So, but I love it. It's beautiful. Yes, it, it, it's um, it's a little bit here, uh, just enough for people to be dangerous and to cause all kinds of issues getting uh, around, especially to uh, the studio here, which was really uh, a little odd. It was kind of hairy to get here to the studio, and I was almost thinking I was going to have to call you and have to reschedule. Right. Well, I'm glad that you didn't because I'm I'm always ready to share this story. It is it is remarkable. But Michelle, I just wanted to say uh, before we get going that, and and I know we talked a little bit off air that um, you know myself, the guys here, um, and also I know our audience will greatly appreciate they just appreciate you taking out time because I know this is never an easy you know um, thing to you know kind of jet out because we're all busy in our lives. But thank you for taking the time to come out. Uh, come on to the show and and talk about your truly remarkable story. Thank you for having me. Now, um, I've read the book, and it was a very well-written, uh, very informative book. And um, and I guess one of the things that it took me, uh, I guess, not really surprised me, but you wrote your book from the perspective of fictional characters instead of using your first-person view. Um how did that, uh, you know, when you put the book together, how, uh, how did that play into you writing a book? I mean, were you afraid of kind of uh, how your information would be uh, perceived by uh, your, your readers, your viewers, or, or your family or, or colleagues, people that were close to you? Actually, I did change the names and the places because of the personal nature of the book. It, it is very, it is very personal, as you, you know, you said you've read it. Yes. Um, there is, a, there is a lot of personal. Uh, it is my true account. I, I did write, write it based on a true story, simply because of the personal nature. It involved people other than me, and for me to share my truth and my experience was one thing, but to, 
to actually um, name names, uh, that wasn't um, that wasn't my goal was to call people out. It was just for me to share my experience without having to necessarily name names. Although, of course, people in a small community know know who was involved, and and that's uh, that's expected. But that's why I changed the name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, before these events happened to you, did you have any? Um, I guess, experience or kind of information or just any knowledge or, or history with dealing with the paranormal or, or any kind of, uh, you know, evil or demonic entities? I had had one experience when I was about seven years old. I was going to a Pentecostal church, which is how I was raised, in a small town. And I remember I was about seven or eight years old, and a lady came in screaming. Uh, they sent all the the children to the basement and they the uh, elders all gathered around and prayed for this lady and cast out an evil spirit is what i was told she was very crazy when she ran in that's all i can remember <laughs> um and i have spoken to the the preacher actually uh at the time is actually married to my mother uh right now and they've been married for several years and he actually recounted the story to me the other night in in the living room and uh was was you know, just reiterating that it was definitely an evil spirit to him, and how how she, you know she smelled and the 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 odor, the just rancid odor that permeated from her when she came in. So he did substantiate that the other night. That's incredible. So um, when things started to happen, uh, you know, to you or you know your family, your home, um, did you immediately kind of? you know, just kind of realize like, okay, this something odd is happening that's not easily explainable by, um, you, know, you know, just by physical or just human standards. You, did you, I mean, what was your thought process? Did you kind of figure out that something odd was indeed happening? Actually, I did not initially attribute any of what I was experiencing and that my family was experiencing to anything demonic or, or even spiritual for that matter. Um, I I would now, uh, knowing what I know, but at the time, uh, I did not. And I had maybe we should start it from the beginning as far as what happened. Um, I was in a marriage where things were very dysfunctional between my husband and I, and we'd been married 16 years at the time. And I we had a big fight one day. I got in the shower and I said to God. You have to prove to me you're real, or I'm done talking. I'm done talking to you. And three days later is when the water started in our house. There was a drip, and it started with a drip on my older son's head. He was 12 years old at the time. We had another son, and he was seven. And before the evening was over, the water was literally spraying across the living room. My husband was present. Uh, we were sitting watching TV. The kids were running downstairs. Oh, my gosh, you know, and with the water dripping, and then it started spraying. And we looked for a water leak. I did not initially tie what, ha- what was going on with the water to that prayer that I had prayed three days later. So it just looked like it was earlier. just coming out of nowhere, the water. Right. You would hear, you would hear it was forceful. It wasn't like a little drip in the sink. It was literally like someone had taken an invisible uh, water hose that was invisible and put it on jet and sprayed it on stream for a few seconds and then stopped. Wow. And you would you would hear this loud splash.
flat because it would either hit the wall or it would hit the fire alarm and set it off or it would hit the light bulbs and bust them because they were hot. Um, so it just depended on where it would hit, but that's all you would see is it was, you would either see it hitting the wall or you would see it after it hit the wall and you'd see it running down the wall or running down the curtains or whatever. But you, you would turn around looking for where it came from because you know it came from behind you or from, you know, to the left of you or whatever. And when you would turn around and look that direction, you were looking for, at the wall to see where the pipe was coming through the wall that you would expect to be there. And there was none. So that went on for several, several weeks before I had the revelation that there was an evil spirit in my home. Now, in your book, you mentioned that um, what had been plaguing you was a water demon. And um, did, now, before you've, you've come to that revelation to where you're like, okay, this is, you know, what this entity might be. Your family, was there any other experiences other than the water that um, was plaguing yourself or your family? I mean, just odd things that were occurring to where, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, this this is really, you know, making sense that this is is something otherworldly that uh, we need to look beyond, um, you know, beyond the, what we normally deal with every day. Right. Uh, yes, there were several things going on. The water was the main thing, and that is why I call the book Rain, No Evil. Uh, there were other paranormal things going on. There were apparitions, um, such as my youngest son would see a lot of a lot of things, such as eyeballs floating in the room, uh, an elf. Um, he would see demons. He saw a grim reaper in the hallway that I walked through. Uh, I did not see it. Um, he would he would actually see these things. Uh, he would see hands pressed through the wall, uh, many, many other things that are described in the book. And I would have this, um, I guess the feeling is a sense of dread, how I would describe it. Um, there, the, there was a lot of uh, electrically charged <laughs> whatever in the house. The energy there was very uh, intense, and it was, there was this feeling of dread sometimes that would come over me. Um, once we, once I did get to the point where I realized that there was the evil spirit in the house, I uh, contacted the priest. And there, he, one of the things he asked me was, uh, "You have a dog, and does he, does he bark? You know, at any, you know, oddly." And actually, our dog that we had never barked. I mean, someone could literally come up on the porch, and he, just, he was just not a dog that barked. And he would occasionally, when we would have him in the house, he would just, it would startle me because it was only around me that he would do it and he would just start barking incessantly. We didn't have him in the house often. He was an outside dog. But when we did, uh, he would do that around me. And that was one thing that I relayed to, to the priest as well. But there were several apparitions, yes, other than the water. There was a lot of paranormal stuff going on at this time. Uh, I did see a demon in my mirror. That is the one thing that I saw that was not not something I could dismiss easily. It wasn't anything that I ever <laughs> hoped to ever experience again. It uh, it really was it was more real than even being here right now. How how it did it was that real? I mean, how wh- <laughs> and, and I guess kind of 
you know, take us on, the, and I hate to just, you know, flash back to that, but what was your initial reaction when, I mean, how, what was the atmosphere? I mean, what were you feeling, thinking, I mean, what was going on to where all of a sudden this thing appeared and, and how, how did you identify with, I mean, was there any kind of uh, eye to eye? I mean, did it, what did it do that caused you to, I mean, it basically freak you out? Okay, the demon, when I saw the demon in the mirror, yes. I had actually been, a, I had went to bed, I was asleep, and I had an out-of-body experience. That's what I would call it. Um, I'd never had one before, and I'm a, I don't know what other people's exactly are like, but that was what I would call it. I, I, was, not a, I was not asleep anymore. I was actually out of my body, and like I said, it was more real than even, I'm standing in my living room right now. Um, and it was more real than that. I was being forced to look up into my mirror, not by anybody touching me, but by sheer um, command from these white entities that were around me. And I felt that they were angels. I did not see their faces. I just saw white in my peripheral because I was looking down, and around me there were these white entities. And they were telling me, basically, that I was going to look up. And I was, I knew, uh, when I knew I had to look up, I also knew that it was going to be the most frightening thing that I had ever experienced. And it was. I saw my face. Uh, I knew it was me uh, when I looked up into my mirror. And that face was also a demon's face. It was as if it was superimposed over my face. And... It, there were large, deep scars as if a, I had been carved like a pumpkin. Um, they were black, like charcoal-looking, and the top of my head tapered to the left, almost like a, a candle, would, uh, the flame would wave and taper when you would move it. The flame would move. Uh, that's how the top of my head looked. Um, that is what I remember from it, and that's all I need. <laughs> that's all I want to remember from it, because... As soon as as soon as I saw it, it, I know it was just an instant, but I knew that that was representing me not living like I was supposed to. And and in the book, there is a lot of there's adultery going on uh, with both my husband and I, and we were both doing it for our own reasons, trying to find whatever people try to find uh, when they're doing that sort of thing. Um, I myself, I can't answer for him, but for me, I was looking for love and acceptance and and I never found it that way, but that's, I think when you're in pain, you're going to find a way to see that pain, whether it's something you would normally do or whether you would ideally believe is the right thing to do or not. And that's what I was doing. And I'm not making excuses for that. I'm just saying that's, that's why I was doing what I was doing. Um, and I, and I, I know that's not the, that's not for me. <laughs> that's, that's not who I am anymore, but this entire experience changed me. Not because it scared me either. Um, that was scary, yes. And I was actually right back in my body. As soon as that happened and I looked in the mirror, I was instantly back in my body. Um, and I woke up, you know, screaming, praying out loud, which uh, startled my husband because I don't ever wake up screaming and definitely not <laughs> praying out loud like that. So uh, he didn't know what to think. Um, that happened actually before the water had started in the house. The, the the experience with the demon did, um, 
yeah, this whole experience, it, it was scary. Um, that was the most frightening thing of all of it that happened to me personally. Uh, although, my, of course, my, my sons experienced different things. We all experienced a different version of, of this, whatever was going on. And I know that there was more than just the demon in the house. There, there were, I believe there possibly was poltergeist there too. And there were several, several entities there. It was, there weren't just, there wasn't just one. Um, but this entire experience changed me, not because of of me being so frightened that I was, you know, people get frightened and and they change. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to be good now, right, <laughs> that right. kind of thing. Um, that I'm not saying that, that that's not okay for some people, but that's not why I changed. I just changed because I wanted to. And um, as we get further in the story, I think you'll you know you'll understand why um, why I I changed so much. And it also it had to do with me going to an energy healer that was able to help me. Now, um, do you believe in, in you know, a police um, officer, they, they have such, you know, they deal with darkness uh, daily and on extreme levels. And the type of work that your, your, your former husband did, do you think that was a contributing factor maybe to some of the demonic uh, infestation, some of the things that was happening in your home? I think that some of the events that were going on prior to this, um, the events between my husband and I, the relationship, the whole dynamic. Uh, I was, it was a verbally abusive situation. I did not see. And it was, I believe that that was something that, that came about because of his career as a police officer, yes. Uh, I do believe that he, he brought that home. Um, I do, I believe that that, that sort of um, job for anyone is is very uh, susceptible to attracting, you know, not just necessarily demonic but uh, negative forces for sure, because you're dealing with people who, you know, obviously have a lot of problems um, besides drugs, you know, the sexual abuse of children, um, abusive situations, domestic violence, you know. The list goes on and on. So they're dealing with a lot of people who aren't just upstanding citizens and people that, you know, you necessarily want to spend your day with. And he was spending his day with them. He was very diligent in his job, but I do believe that did that, that did bring in something. I'm not sure it – I don't think it's why we had manifest in our house, what did manifest. And I say that because this was distinctly a result of my prayer, and my prayer was said three days prior to the initial drop of water that fell on my oldest son's head. And I did not, I did not see that originally, but I did have a revelation in addition to the demon in the mirror, which that had happened prior to the water. Um, that, that had already happened. And then when the water started, I, I still did, I didn't, I didn't believe that there was anything. It didn't even cross my mind that it was a spiritual sort of problem. But when my son started seeing these uh, you know, orbs and, and floating eyeballs and so forth, uh, I, I was praying. At, I was at school. I was a high school teacher for 20 years in Mason County, West Virginia. Oh, and, God, God bless uh, Point you. Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Point, well, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, of course, you have the curse of the Mothman, which I understand is being seen around the country. Uh, <laughs> I think you've been seeing, uh, someone told me Arizona, I believe, the other day. Oh, and wow. Point Pleasant actually here about the end of November, 
uh, right before I was on Coast to Coast with George Norrie, uh, the, the week exactly before that, uh, the, the Mothman was supposedly seen in Point Pleasant, West Virginia as well. Uh, and I'm, I, I don't know any more details about it than that, but um, that is where I, I taught high school at Point Pleasant High School for several years. And ironically, my house was not very far from the original sightings of the Mothman. It was probably only not even 10 minutes from there. Uh, it didn't have anything to do with the Mothman, but I do believe that my prayer was the reason for the manifestations in the house. And I was on planning period one day at school, and when all this was going on, right in the thrust of it all, and I started praying again. And I'm like, okay, what? why? Why is this happening? You know, what can I do? We've had, we had had contractors through the house, plumbers. Uh, we had the water company come. We had specialists come that the insurance company sent. I mean, the list goes on and on. I bet we had 40 to 50 people through our home in a period of two weeks. Uh, friends, family would stop by in addition to the, the hired professionals, and no one could tell us what was going on. There were a few people um, that, that did believe it was something paranormal, but that was only after I had this revelation at school. So I'm at school, and I'm on planning period, and I'm praying, and God speaks to me. And I've never heard his voice like that. Still to this day, the only time I've had that, that type of revelation and he spoke to me and he said, there is nothing you can do. You are not in control. That was the two sentences. And with that, there was an imprint of knowledge that there was a demon in my house. So I walked over, <laughs> stumbled over, more like it, to my desk and sat down. And, oh, my gosh, I thought, oh, my gosh, there's a spirit in my house. How did I not see it? It was as if someone had just... Um, I remember when I got glasses when I was in fifth grade and the eye doctor had just taken me outside and put these glasses on my face. And I'm like, I can see between, I can see between the leaves on the tree. That's, <laughs> it was amazing to me. And everybody just thought I wanted to be teacher's pet and set up front, you know, <laughs> because I couldn't see the board. <laughs> so that, but that, that's what this was like for me. That was, oh my gosh, how did I not see that this was, there's, oh my gosh, there's a spirit in the house. And there was no going back to not knowing. I didn't think it. I didn't, oh, my goodness, maybe there is. It was like, no, I know there is. And then I had to go home and tell my husband. And I knew that wasn't going to go over well <laughs> because he was going to think I was crazy. And <laughs> indeed he did uh, for a while <laughs> until, it, until the uh, priest came and, and actually was able to get rid of it and once that happened, we all became Catholic out of it. Now, what was the priest, uh, you know, what was his, when, when you had him over? And and I know because I've, I've I've kind of been a witness to some of these things to where, you know, you know um, a person such as yourself, like, you, know, you start explaining to the priest what's going on. I mean, how was his perception of, you know, what you were telling him? I mean, was it, was he kind of, did he take it like a, a skeptic or was he kind of, you know, uh, very genuine, very sincere or, um, you know, did he was like, well, maybe it's just something else type of, you know, his, his attitude. He was very conservative. He was an older, uh, older priest. He was very holy man. He was uh, a cradle Catholic, and he was at first uh, not. He did not just jump on and say, "Oh, well, there." I, I agree. There's an evil spirit in your house. Uh, no, he did not do that. He he actually came to the house and did a few house blessings, and they did help. 
they helped a little as far as the extent of how often, the frequency of, of how often the, the, the water was spraying. But we were still seeing things, um, and then we were still experiencing the water. So he came back for a third time, and he brought the body of Christ with him. Uh, no one partook of it. We, he just had it with him. He said nothing evil could stay in the presence of the Holy Eucharist that he brought. And uh, he said the, the prayers that were required, and there was one last flat in the hallway, and it was gone. And uh, when, when he commanded the evil to leave, which is, was part of the prayer, uh, that, that tells you right there <laughs> Uh, there was nothing else that happened in the house um, that it had to be evil because when he commanded it to leave, it left and it, it, it didn't come back. Now so, you, you, you um, also was seeking assistance from a, a healer, a light healer. Um, yes. What was, how was it through them that you found out most of what you were dealing with, uh, the entity and kind of what was, was happening, uh, the, the, the evil that was, was in and surrounding your life? Yes. I found out uh, much more fr from the healer than I did, uh, directly from the priest. Um, he, he actually, I mean, obviously he had the power, uh, and the ability to, to do that. He was a very holy man. Uh, I believe that it, it, it wouldn't have mattered what religion, uh, if the person themselves were, were confident that they were, would be able to, you know, to tap into the God energy and to remove that, I believe they would be, have been able to do that. Um, I actually contacted my, my preacher, and he referred me to the priest because he was mainstream um, and, and very, a very spiritual person. But um, when you talk about spirit... Um, that doesn't mean you necessarily understand spirit and energy. And he was not comfortable with um, with the situation, so he referred me to the priest. Um, after we all became Catholic, and I, I'm no longer Catholic, but um, we, I was Catholic for about four years, and it, it was a very uh, it was a very good experience for me. I found a lot of peace there. I still wasn't happy in my marriage, and I had a friend who I uh, trusted, and she referred me to an energy healer in Charleston, West Virginia. And I went to the lady, uh, very hesitant, because I had never experienced anything like that sort of hands-on healing, uh, although hands-on healing is very, uh, of course, very ancient. People have done it since the beginning of time. Uh, and we did it as Pentecostals growing up. Uh, that was a very common practice, hands-on. Uh, but what she did was, you know, very similar to that. She uh, works with an energy that deals with angels and angels help her. And one of the names that uh, of the energies that she does is called Reiki healing, and it's R E I K I, and uh, that is energy that uh, can help people. It's it's been shown and and but people call it New Age, and it's really old age because it's very ancient. But um, that, that is where I went, and while I was there, I I'd went to her a few times, and I really enjoyed it, and I realized that, that you know, it was okay. I was, feeling, I was feeling better, and I was at her place for about the third time, second or third time, and I was laying on her table, and she had started the energy work, and as she did that, I, my head was really spinning, and I, I knew it had spun the 
the other times I was there, but this was really, really spinning. And of course, I didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe that was normal. And so I, I, I progressed to look up. I heard voices above me. And I looked up, and the voices were saying, you shouldn't have come here. I have told you you shouldn't have come here. And there were many of the voices. They were very, uh, very evil sounding. And they were very crass. And they were talking over each other. There were that many of them. And I looked up and, of course, did not see anything. But I looked over at her, and I had a seizure. Oh, wow. And she had to cancel her appointments for the day and, yeah, and, and make sure I was okay. Um, it was only after I had continued uh, going to her and building up, um, building up the trust between us that um, she was able to, when she, when she knew I could handle, uh, you know, knowing what exactly was going on, and when I started asking questions, um, she did explain to me that the entities had actually, uh, several of them, had attached to me, and the day that um, that I had the seizure, it was only because she worked with angels that she was able to to you know get get them off of me, and some of them uh, did not go uh, that day. Some of them I got off later as I progressed to work on myself. So it was a very liberating experience and very enlightening to me. Uh, it, the, the entire the entire experience changed my life and people can change to the core. And I know that I have. When did you decide? So I, I just Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I do believe people can change and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with questioning God. Uh, I know that I've had some people question me about, about my approach to that. And I will just say that that was my, uh, that was the way I was handling the stress and the, um, the place I was in in my life. You know, they say, <laughs> put the shoe on the other foot. Um, I just did what I felt I had to do. I always believed in God. I always believed in a higher power ever since I was little. Um, I just, I needed to see some change. And that's how I broke through. That's how I changed. That's how I broke through um, where I was and to where I am now, is by questioning and I know it wasn't ideal to say I said an angry prayer. Uh, that's that's not probably a good thing to, in some people's view. But yet, God knew my heart, and he knew what I needed, and that's what he gave me. He put the right people in, my, in place in my life, everyone from the Father who helped us to the energy lady who helped me uh, to the people that have been placed in my life to help me share this story. Everybody in between has been in the right place at the right time, and I really listen now to, uh, to my next step and what I'm supposed to do. During your whole whole experience, what was the final straw to where you were like, you know what, I've had enough, and you just you really started seeking God for His assistance, and just you know you just bunkered down and just was like, I'm done. I'm just I, I'm I'm tired of what's going on. Um, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for the positive. I'm ready for the light to enter in my life and, you know, dispel this darkness. When, what was that final breaking point for you? Well, for me, it's what starts off the book, which is where um, my husband is doing some uh, work in construction work in the garage and asking me to hold up a piece of drywall above my head that I was incapable of holding up. 
and it was very impractical. And I, I actually, you know, I, I lifted weights. I was in shape, but it, it wasn't something that I was capable of. I weigh about 105 pounds, and she had drywalls pretty heavy. So that was the day, and that's what starts off the book is that experience uh, of me hold, being asked to hold that up and just saying, you know, <laughs> some choice words and throwing it down. And that was the day that I said the angry prayer in the shower. And, the, of course, the, sh- the fact that I said it in the shower and that the water was present, I believe that's why the water was in the house. I think that water was a, a portal to that. Uh, but that was the final straw for me. I'd been going to church, um, so had my husband. It's not like we were, um, what you'd say, back, backslid. Um, it wasn't like that. We were both going to church, and, and still all of this was going on. And so the book it encompasses a lot of topics. It, it certainly does. It in, in encompasses verbal abuse, uh, the paranormal, uh, spiritual questioning. Uh, there, there's many elements in this book, and uh, I would encourage anyone who's interested in in knowing more to definitely read it. I do have a website, Rain No Evil. It's uh, it's got everything on there you would need. You can order it from that website. It's also on Amazon, and it's also on Kindle. And I understand it's actually over, it's in Germany and a few other countries now. So I'm I'm looking forward to it spreading further and sharing the story because it is truly a remarkable story, knowing that people cry out every single day to God. Uh, I And I know that I had before, and he was probably answering me in quite not so a bizarre way. <laughs> and I just didn't notice. I just didn't notice. You know, I did not notice. Whatever the answers were, the clues were, I wasn't getting it. So I'm very thankful for the fact that I questioned God that day. I'm very thankful for the experience that I had that resulted in where I'm at today. And like I said, the whole thing is very life-changing. And I, I know that I was supposed to receive that bizarre answer so that I could write this book. Uh, I, I know that, and I feel that I've done part of what my life's purpose is. I never really knew what my purpose was here. I think everybody goes through that at one point, you know, why am I here? You know, and some people know that, you know, early and I, I didn't, it it was later before I realized this was part of what I'm here for is to experience something this crazy to be able to share it. When you wrote your book, um, and, and I guess before you wrote your book, when all this was going on, did you confide in anybody else other than, you know, of course, family and, you know, you know the clergy and in, in your energy healer? Um, were, were there any friends or like family members that you were kind of explaining this to? Because, I mean, I'll be honest, like if Elliot here said, oh, hey, I think I have a demon or something in my home. Something's really going weird. The people that know me would think, you know, Elliot has probably missed a few doses of the meds or if he's not on them, he needs to be on them. Um, and so, um, did you get, I mean, was that kind of what people, you know, thought or, I mean, or did, were they a little bit more warm and accepting of something that was truly upsetting you and happening in your home? Uh, I, obviously there's some people who didn't, uh, didn't believe it, even though I shared the story with them. Uh, but it was a small community. We were very well known, me as a teacher, my, my ex-husband as a, a police officer in the state. So obviously, you know, everybody knew us. Um, I, we would go to kids' ball games. People would come up and say, oh, you know, I hear you have a ghost in your house. 
um, I shared the story. I never ever lied about what was going on, even though I got a, <laughs> I got a few strange looks, um, and I still do. I still do. Uh, when I go to book signings, a lot of times people will, you know, if they ask me, um, I'll tell them. And this is just my truth. It doesn't mean they have to believe me. Uh, I'm just telling them what happened to me. They can do with it what they will. Um, I'm, I'm just a messenger. I just know that this happened. It really did. There were many witnesses to it that uh, came by the house. Uh, like I said, we had a small community. Neighbors would stop by, want to see what was going on. I was uh, teaching school and have to leave sometimes to meet the plumber or meet the, the, the repairman or whoever would come be coming by that day. And, I, you know, my class knew. I even I got called in the principal's office <laughs> and asked to, um, and this was after the priest had come, asked if I ha- uh, had a ghost in my room at school. Wow. And the principal wow. had just been in that day earlier, and I thought he was just observing his normal walkthrough. And uh, it wasn't. He, it was actually, he, he had got a call from the board office in Mason County wanting, to know, wanting him to check out if there was a ghost in my room because a parent had called and said that there was a ghost there was a ghost in my room at school and I had I clarified with him that no it was actually and I wouldn't call it a ghost but that may have been something now there may have been ghosts there too who knows there were so many things that I I don't know but um I told him that it was at the house that it had been taken care of and he actually had me write a letter and I have it here somewhere in my files (laughs) I have the letter that I wrote to the principal so that he could forward it to the board office and let them know it had been addressed. How odd! <laughs> how odd was that letter? Mm-hmm. Like, dear parent, I'm sorry to inform you, but you know, uh, I just want to reassure you that there are no evil entities in the classroom. It's your child is safe to come to my class. <laughs> uh, well, I actually didn't have to write anything directly to a parent, uh, and they didn't tell me which parent called, uh, so that was kind of you know under under wraps. But uh, they did ask me to just to write a letter that this was something that had taken place at the house and. Uh, there was there was nothing else said about it, but it did have to go through channels. It had to go to the principal, and the principal had to send it to the board office. Um, so everybody in the community did know. Uh, people at church knew why we had started going to Catholic church. They knew why, um, because the, the father had came and, and helped us out. So I've never shied away from the story. Uh, my my ex would was never comfortable with it at all. Uh, he got to the point where, I mean, he would get very angry if I was, because he didn't want people to think we were crazy. And even after this happened, even after the priest came and he knew, he knew that it was there and he knew that, he, you know, that it had been removed, but he didn't want to talk about it. And me, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this, <laughs> can you believe this? You know? So uh, yeah, I, he, he got to the point there where he would say, you know, Michelle will tell you. And then the other police officers or whoever would come up to us in a restaurant or whatever, I would tell them. And he got he got more comfortable with that as time went on because he knew it was the truth. And I told him, I, I cannot have an experience like this. I would be selling myself out as well as selling out the experience that God gave me if I keep my mouth shut. If I don't share this, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm not going to do that for you or anyone else. And so he got comfortable. He had to get comfortable with it because I was going to tell it no matter what. This <laughs> is how it was. <laughs> now, um, when you decided to finally sit down and uh, put pen to paper and write out your story, what what were your feelings? I mean, what was going through your mind to where you were like, "I have to get this out." Um, um, what what were you, what was your thought process? I mean, what were you thinking? Um, when you were getting your story on a paper? 
Well, it has actually happened in 2006. We became Catholic in 2007, so it has been several years ago. Uh, I told the story so many times. I kept anecdotal notes, uh, kept a diary, and I wrote a short story for the West Virginia Writers uh, Group that meets uh, every year, and I won a, a contest. And I thought, oh, that's that's cool. I, I need to tell this, make this bigger. Well, I started writing the book as just writing about the paranormal part. How cool was this that God answered a prayer this way? And I went from there, and then I realized, okay, people are going to wonder why why was this girl so angry with God to begin with? And then I thought, oh, do I want to get into all of that personal stuff? But, you know, that's the story, and that's that's what makes you be able to relate to the character because most most people had a hard uh, a hard a heartbreak or a hard time and they've felt that desperation and they can relate to that and that's been a lot of the comments that I've received from readers uh, and on Amazon there's there's I, several reviews on there now um, that's a lot of the comments I'm getting on inbox too is they can really relate to the character the character I say, who is me, obviously, but I'm Savannah in the book. Um, they can relate to that because it, it, she's very real. She she doesn't cut corners. She says things other people don't always say. Um, you know, sitting in church and um, looking at somebody and thinking they're hot. <laughs> you know, that's you know, a lot of people would shy away from that. But that's what was going through my head. That's where you know you have to realize that people can judge other people. And, and I'm sure people will judge that when they read it. Some people will. And some people, many people, are relating to the struggle that I was going through, wanting to be in a loving relationship, wanting to feel accepted, wanting that, and not being able to, to get it, not being able to touch it with someone that you're actually with and, and in love with and have been together with, you know, for years, kids, family not wanting it to break apart, but not being happy in it either. And I think there's so many people in that situation that that's what they're relating to, is that, that relationship throughout it. And that includes men as well. Many, many of my readers are men. Yeah, that, I'm one of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> are there any residual effects from this from your experience, I mean, um, you know, and you had mentioned earlier that, you know, there were a few uh, entities that had attached themselves. And it almost sounds like it was almost like maybe a mild form of of uh, the beginning stages of like of a possession or something. Um, when um, when were you f- finally free? I mean, uh, you, you know, rid of the other entities. Well, I do know that the day that I had the seizure, that several of them were detached from me then. They were attached to my auric field. They weren't inside of me. Um, as I worked on myself and made decisions for myself that were were the best decisions for me, um, and one of those was to, you know, try to not get say things differently to my, my husband so that we, in the argument, you know, I wasn't feeling as, um, as hateful and didn't feel the need to, to get back. Um, that as I worked on myself, uh, as I worked on making decisions that were more life enhancing for me, not not messing around with with other men, uh, realizing why I was doing it, uh, that encompassed a lot of things. When you work on yourself and you start digging, <laughs> there's just lots and lots of dirt in there. 
And as I worked on that, that's when I was able to gradually feel better. I don't know when they, the rest of them left. I just know that the energy lady I was working with uh, and still do work with uh, said that they did leave. Uh, A lot of them just, you know, when you stop engaging in certain activities that are portals, those, they will leave you. And I don't know the day uh, that they left and they probably left at different times, but uh, as far as any residual effects, uh, the only residual effects, residual kind of has a connotation of uh, being derogatory, but I have a lot of residual effects, but they're good. They're, they're not, there's nothing negative in the effects that are lingering with me. The, uh, the, the place that I am in right now is where I'm just very thankful for the experience. Um, I love sharing this story, and I continue on the path that I set out on when all of this happened. And that's just to you know live a life that makes me feel good and makes me feel like I'm I'm being a part of helping to make the world a better place and not just um, add to despair and uh, deceitfulness and and all of that. I, I'm not about about that anymore. Um, everybody's on their own path, and I'm on I'm on in a very good place because of everything that's happened to me. And it just keeps getting better. I keep listening. I keep learning more. And I'm enjoying that. I'm enjoying learning more about spirituality and how to um, how to make myself a better person. And that that is the that's the resounding effect that that is permeating right now with me. And that's excellent. That really is excellent, Michelle. We're coming up uh, um, on our time here, and um, you know, before we wrap this up, are there any future projects that you're working on that um, you'd like our audience to uh, be aware of to know about? Uh, I actually do. I write for a paper, and I also have a radio show called Life Speaks, if you go to lifespeaks.info. But I am working on a new book, and it's set in Ireland. I love that country. It's magical. And uh, it should be out, uh, let's see, maybe early 2018, so about another year, but I am working on it. And uh, it's it's a very cool story about a person who walks into another person's body. And no, this did not happen to me. <laughs> At least not yet. <laughs> not yet. But they can go to rainnoevil.com, and that's rain like water, rainnoevil.com, if they'd like to find out more about the book or about me. I also have michellezirkel.com, which uh, tells you more about speaking engagements that I will come in and share the story with groups and, and women's groups in different places as they request me. That sounds wonderful. Michelle, I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the Knights Pub. And this is a fascinating story. And and, and for myself, I, I've read your book. And to our listeners, please go to her website, get her book, and read this book. It is a phenomenal read. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thank you, Elliot. I really appreciate it. On this snowy night in West Virginia, good night to everyone. Thank you, and have an excellent night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Alrighty, my friends. What an incredible story. What an incredible lady. I mean, um, I had just finished her book uh, two days ago, and it is a phenomenal read. I mean, it really does. I mean, it. and I think the the reason why it it really spoke to me is because it's... It, it happened and it happened to someone that, I mean, and you've, you've heard her story, you've heard her testimony uh, a little bit here on the show, but to get the 
full of what of what she went through, what her family went through. And although it's it's written, you know, from a, a fictional standpoint, as in she uses characters and you know different names and stuff and locations, you know, th- this experience did happen to her. And um, Michelle, if you're listening, um, either now or on a rebroadcast or you know, pod show, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for coming on, and I greatly greatly appreciate it. Now, guys, um, just wanted to catch up on some uh, a little bit of uh, news before we roll out of here on this uh, nice, cold, snowy night here in Cape Girardeau. Um, the show number is 636-487-4258. Uh, please feel free to uh, give us a call. Stop, you know, uh, give us a call, text, and just let us know if there are any subjects or if you've, even if you want to come on the show. There is a, uh, a flyer here that is on that uh, the show schedule that you can download. Just check out who we are. Also, if you want to drop us a line, please feel free to email Elliot at thenightspub.net. Stan, old brother Stan there at thenightspub.net, or just an email in general. Uh, if you just want to drop us a general email, it's info at thenightspub.net. Now, next week, actually January the 14th, we're going to have Paul Smith come on uh, on the show here at the Knights Pub. Now, Paul Smith is... Um, he wrote two books, actually, Mo 41, The Bombshell Before Roswell, and also Three Presidents, Two Accidents. And um, th- those it's dealing with the UFO crash down here in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, in uh, mid-April of 1941, which is incredible because our, our studio is 10 minutes away from Cape Girardeau. And I, I had heard about this, and the thing that makes this unique for the Knights Pub is we this is a subject that we really don't uh deal in or that we really don't uh you know are involved in uh with ufos but i reached out contacted paul and you know this book's been out for a while and he's been all over the internet and even the world um on on pod shows and radio shows speaking about this and he said he would come right on and definitely talk about this and i asked him uh, to come on just because of where it's at in the location. And this is a um, incident that happened before Roswell. And um, it, it's here in, in in our own home backyard. So uh, looking forward to having Paul coming on. That's going to be January the 14th at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. And again, uh, guys, before we... Uh, get out of here. The radio broadcast, um, you know, if you ever come onto our site and you click on uh, the tab and start listening in, unless we say we're live, it's probably a rebroadcast. And we do that a few days before we bring up guests on just to make sure that our equipment's working and just to make sure that everything's, you know, up and going. But my friends, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us this evening. Thank you for, um, you know, stopping in. Um, I, I, I've seen both uh, radio broadcast servers are full to the brim of people, so I wanted to say thank you. Also, the people that are in our chat room, which is in, um, which if uh, if you go down to the right hand of the page, you'll see a little number down there, and you can actually pop in and chat at the Knights Pub. Just want to thank you guys for popping in, and also thank you to Michelle. I just wanted to say thank you so much once again to Michelle Markham for coming on the show, sharing her story, and also because I, I just I can only imagine how hard that was, not only to experience that, but also to go through that and then heal from that and get that out on um, on paper for everyone to read. But my friends, until the next time we meet, love one another, look out for one another, 
and take care of one another and pray for one another. And don't stop praying. And we'll see you the next time. Down at the pub.